Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Waboom is like waka waka. Pie in the face. Waka waka. Honk honk. Fart joke. (laughs) Thank you. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Here to Make Friends. We we are uh, wabooming out this week. <laughs> Or while booming in at this point. (laughs) So much happened this episode. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't even feel like I was the same person at the beginning and the end of this episode. I forgot what what happened at the beginning by the end. Exactly. Uh, But to break all this down, plus a few pretty big news items that that came out this week, we have the wonderful Vela Lavelle with us. Hello. Of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and also um, the upcoming movie, The Big Sick. So thanks for being here with us. Thank you, guys. I should be thanking you. (laughs) We should all thank each other. We should all Gratitude practice. Exactly. So we have to start with some Bachelor World news or Bachelorette World news. Um, Let's start with the good news. Rachel apparently used to date Kevin Durant. Yes, I saw that. What? This is fantastic. How has this not been a thing before? But I love that it was like, wasn't it like in college? Undergrad. I'm going to law school. Like, it's like perfect. It's, you know what I mean? It feels like a like a movie, like love and basketball style. Like, yeah. I'm going to the NBA. Well, I can't come with you. I'm going to law school to be a high-powered attorney. <laughs> and then the bachelorette. <laughs> and then I'll be the bachelorette, yeah. And now they, they've both taken their own paths to fame, and yeah. it's just so beautiful. I feel like each season we're just justifying more and more why every sports site covers the bachelor and the bachelorette so obsessively. <laughs> yeah, how can—what's our angle? How can we justify this? There's all— Always a good like JoJo. Exactly, exactly. that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, right with um with Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Rogers and the that. Aaron Rogers. And I'm learning about sports through the Me too via the Bachelor. Claire, it's a Claire great is way to ease into it. Yeah. Claire's more of an actual sports fan. I'm more of a like sports <laughs> yeah. fan. I also get more of it by osmosis because I live with a man who is a fan of about seven different sports teams. Oh, so it go. just seeps in. Um, I uh, I also grew up with three guys. Guys, I was doomed. I was always going to know about sports. <laughs> there we go. Um, bad news. Uh, Lee Garrett 
uh, one of the contestants, obviously. The one with uh, vertical hair. The one, with, one of the two with vertical hair, because mm-hmm. the male model also has vertical oh, yeah. hair. Uh, <laughs> Lee, some some racist tweets and, and sexist. sexist and homophobic and Islamophobic. I mean, usually when you find of the one, you're going to find at least one more. And it just snowballs from there. So for people who mm-hmm. haven't read the story, um, this is something that I think a few Bachelor followers and reporters kind of uncovered in the last week. Uh, Claire and I wrote a piece about it. Basically, if you go back in the last year or two, not too far back in Lee's Twitter feed, um, you will find some tweets that suggest things like he hates Islam and he believes that the NAACP and KKK are the same. Are the same thing. Well, and that the NAACP is racist. Yes. And the NAACP is is worse in a way because they're not, they don't have what he calls the sense of shame to cover their racist ass faces. Oh my God. So this is pretty yeah. horrific. Yeah. Uh, it's real bad. Especially when you consider that they cast this person intentionally to date their first black lead. Yeah, it feels like I, I just don't understand how they didn't find these tweets. Like, isn't that the first thing you do is, like, go on some Oh, they found media? the tweets. And they just didn't care. So the Hollywood Reporter published something, I believe, yesterday Ugh. where they had spoken to Lee separately in an interview, um, I assume before this broke, and asked him how he was cast. And he said he was approached by a producer no. in his Facebook no. messages. No. Yeah. So there is no way. Oh, are you serious? There is no way in my mind that one of the casting people did not see this. This is what they do. Of course. They research these guys. And Ugh. it's, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. And it's what's really hideous about it is that I can see from a narrative perspective why they thought, we need to throw in some drama. You always assume that the casting producers are going to put people who are not going to get along right. who are going to clash in some way. But what is gross about this is that for the narrative benefit of a predominantly white audience, yeah. they are putting black men and a black woman in the position to not only educate that audience about race, yes. but to be victimized by someone who clearly does not have a lot of respect for people of color or women. I just feel like there are so many other opportunities that they could have taken with this, like with her being the first black bachelorette. It's like it can be an educational opportunity and like an inclusive opportunity, not an opportunity for just like more racism, like on purpose. Like and that stuff is going to come up anyways. And the fact that they like orchestrated it. They're like, oh, no. What if none of the white guys are racist? What if they have no preconceived notions about black women? And it's like, no, that's going to happen. So just like do the best you can to like make it a positive. I don't know. Like right to cast people that have to cast people that have at least a basic respect for your lead. Yeah. Uh, and, and her for background. Their, for as her humanity. And as, and as a black woman. It's just like everything. Right. And there were some really um, what did upsetting. What feminists? He was right. like, there, there's a reason feminists aren't always yeah, pretty. Or guys, you never see a pretty feminist. Oh my God. And then he tweeted something about women only reaching their sexual peak five minutes after the divorce papers are signed. Are you Like I, he's a horrible person. <laughs> like oh, he's yeah. evil. He says he supports inhumane torture of terrorists. So, oh my God. And also, like, you know, unsurprisingly, and this is not to say that the Bachelor producer shouldn't be casting people with opposite political views, but obviously he was an ardent supporter of right. Trump. Obviously. As well. Yeah. Um, which, 
you know, <laughs> as we know from the research, is often correlated with yes. uh, racism, racism and sexism. And, yes, yeah, sexism. And yeah. And Islamophobia. Every, yeah. All the phobias. All the phobias. Yeah. So oh, this is, like, pretty gross. Boil. Yeah. That's, like, it's just, like, disgusting. Because, like, I think at the back of, you know, your mind, you know that this is, like, for entertainment purposes. But it just feels, like, disgusting to put, like, something that huge, like, to actually... Right. You know, put it yeah. on display and be like, that's like this person's love life. And like, this is hilarious. Like, and all of these men, her. all of these men that he's living with. I know. Yeah. I mean, this is something that some black women who watch the show have been writing about. And I'm going to forget which articles I'm referring to. So I apologize in advance. But like the fact that the show still has this white paradigm and when you try to fit these these dynamics into it, it doesn't always capture the reality. So you have, like, these black men kind of, like, bonding by, like, roasting each other and, like, joking around. And the dynamic is these are the cocky guys. These are, I think like, this was Ali. I think this was Ali's yeah, I think it was. recap on Vulture. Mm-hmm. If it, for anyone who hasn't read Ali Bartwell's um, recaps on Vulture, they're really excellent. And she— Writes yeah, yeah. Really so wonderfully just about this stuff. our racist perceptions and our culture mismatch to mm. to give white audiences what they expect in terms so of like, bachelorette drama that they can like swallow it better. Or yeah, I read. Did you guys read that New York Times article also about the Bachelorette? Which I was like, the Bachelorettes in the New York Times. <laughs> I was oh, like, okay, but um, but it was it was like just because they've done this progressive thing and like she's you know the first black Bachelorette doesn't necessarily mean they know what to do with that mm-hmm. and that like because like we're so excited for this like new conversation to be happening doesn't mean that they actually know what they're doing or know, know how to handle that. And I was like, that's so true. They don't, they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to handle it. Like so far, race hasn't really even come up, which is also like a little, it's like, I don't know, you know, not that there's like a perfect way to handle all of this, but like, you don't have to like ignore it. Do you know what I mean? And it mm-hmm. feels like they just like, aren't sure how to go about it, you know? And yeah, I'm hoping yeah. we're going to get, you know, maybe some more positive conversations around some of these things as she moves closer towards actually feeling like she's in relationships with some of these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Often we see like the deeper conversations happen a little later. But right now it seems like we're just sort of leveraging racism for entertainment. Um, And we did see that in the preview, and this is jumping ahead a little, in the preview for next week that Will is going to explain to Lee that <laughs> yeah, that there Lee's is going to be very <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure Lee's really open to to learning about this. Um that yeah, was sarcastic. We're going to get this episode into some what I would say are beyond microaggressions from Lee, but that's kind of at the end. Let's do yeah, Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, was jumping ahead. Let's Okay, let's start with um the more Fun stuff like <laughs> Rachel telling Demario off again. Oh my god! I loved Rachel's handling of this because she's not really giving him another chance. But I would have been so disappointed as a viewer if we didn't get to see this conversation. If she didn't like walk over. Yeah, she's yeah. like, yeah, I'm curious. Let's see what happens. Oh my god! And so he's like, this is my chance. I'm going to be 100 percent real with you. I'm sorry I wasn't before. But I want, like, another chance to get to know you and to date you. And there's, like, with all the joy in life comes with pain. <laughs> and, like, 
that makes it sweeter or something, some bullshit like that. Oh, and yeah. she just the whole time is going, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what did he say about joy and pain? He says, in order to experience joy, you need pain. That's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? From what? But also, what was he expecting? From She's like, Pinterest. oh, yeah. so true. She's Come like, yes, back. I need you to hit me before. Yeah. Like, like, what? Like, no. That's, yeah. It didn't make oh any God. sense. So she, and he's like, I can't sleep. And she's like, it's like, what did you expect? Like, she's like, oh, I didn't realize you couldn't sleep. Come <laughs> I on feel back. so bad for you now. I like, know. let's get married because I just feel so bad for your broken feelings. I know. Oh, my God. Um, and so she says, you know, if you'd fessed up at the moment, um, mm-hmm. then I would have been like, okay, maybe you would still be in the mansion right now. But you didn't. And. She says, I'm glad that you gave me the quote about the joy and the pain, and I hope the pain this brought you will bring you joy somewhere else. Uh, so yes. good. I literally stood oh up and clapped. Me too. I was yelling apartment. with joy my at my like TV. All over. It was a thing of beauty. And also when she was like, I, I, you know, I hope you can move forward, but forward is not in this mansion. Yes. It's outside. And I was like, yes, Rachel. Like, it was just, inc- it was incredible. She was lawyering him. Oh. She was like, I am like a lawyer and I will not have, I will not stand for this. And it was like beautiful. That was like the moment when she was like, I've, my cross-examination has yes. come to its like peak moment where I just need to body slam his argument. And she did. She like took him to court and she then really did. I would hire her one hundred percent. And it's incredible. I feel like my happy place is watching women eviscerate terrible men on TV. So this was just like amazing. It was incredible. <laughs> I also like I was like, how are you that articulate at that moment? Like I just would have been like, no, bad. <laughs> Go. And she was just like, let me list all the reasons specifically. I mean, usually that's what happens and I understand when the lead is in these situations, they like they're often like re- perfectly smart, funny, interesting yeah. people, but they just like melt and they're like, I don't I can't deal with this right now. I need Yeah. Oh my god. I, I I, I have like, to go. That's like an exact quote, like from like Joe <laughs> Cena, I think. Just For like, sure. I can't deal with this. Like, I can't. And then like heaving sobs. Yeah. Well, and, and I support that. I understand it. But uh, yeah. this was something. Behind. And I love that all the men were like trying to form this mob around. And she's like, guys. I got. This. I do not need you. <laughs> yeah. I am fine. I have handled it. I am fine. And she, she was like, she was like, in the gym, you were, that was a boy. And I need a man. And I was like. Amen. Like, oh, oh my God. Like, where have you been my whole life? So good. And then, so she comes back to the guys alone, obviously. And one of the guys is like, he's not coming back, is he? And she's like, fuck no. Yeah. And then they all like laugh and applause. So it was such a beautiful moment. And then I realized this is like the first um, season where we've seen the men in the in the moments consistently praise like strong, confident, smart women. Yeah. And I kind of love it. That's true. Josiah's like, she's a strong woman who takes no nonsense. This, she's not some high school girl. Yeah. <laughs> I He's like, she's that. not going to be like the girl who keeps going back to the guy who's cheating on her. She like knows what she wants. She's not here to play games. Yeah. I love that. I just feel like she's not only like 
the best like I I think she's literally like the best bachelorette that's like ever the happened. The best bachelor or ju- bachelorette. Ju- just the like best lead. hands down, but also the fact that she's the first black one, it's just perfect. Like she's just so articulate and so like she is, she's just a woman, and she's just like, don't waste my time. Also, this is what you ha- what happens when you cast a thirty one year old rather than like a twenty four you know, year old. That's very true. She like knows what she wants, and she's not. She's, she's not had a career. Time. She's committed to that career. She's already back at work. Yeah, yeah. is she really? Yeah, yes. she went back to work. Yes. Okay, yeah. the fact that she even went back to work. Is I know. Like, bow down. Oh. <laughs> she's not just selling like yeah. she also tweet, tweeted last I know well I'm sure you know maybe she'll and do maybe that she too yeah it's just that fine ha- get your side hustle um, but she also tweeted last night the theme of tonight is boy bye <laughs> oh my god because it was <laughs> so good because it was okay on to the cocktail party um, the tickle monster brings out <laughs> two poor Jonathan hideous <laughs> that it looks like they took. <laughs> Little AJ's hands, blew them up mm-hmm. to ten times their size, and then put them on Jonathan. And then he like like kind of like suffocated her with them. Yeah. She's weirdly amused by little gimmicks. Like I think when she yeah. finds someone sweet, non-threatening, and goofy, she's like, she's obviously not going to marry the guy, but she's also not in a hurry to, to kick like him off because him he's down. he's sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. that I mean, Tickle Monster is harmless. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. tell, like. He could be on Sesame Street. Like, he's yeah. fine. Maybe that's his calling, actually. I, Although he's, he's a, doctor. a doctor. He's a doctor. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> a doctor. Wait, are you serious? Yes. I did not know that. Poor, like a, poor guy. Poor guy that, like, he spends, like, eight years in medical school, and then on The Bachelorette, <laughs> he is Tickle Monster. I mean, I have to say, he brought it on himself. <laughs> yeah, he he chose that choice. Yeah, you do not tickle a woman without her consent. Like, you deserve your fate. With giant hands. <laughs> yeah. I oh almost feel God. like he did the hands as a little, like, joke, like, wasn't it weird that I tickled you? But it's too late. That's his whole identity. <laughs> and now it. he's just playing into it. You led with that. Um, Alex, she talks to Alex, and he's, like, sort of solving a Rubik's Cube <laughs> while they talk. And it's amazing. She's like, he's so smart. He's both talking to me and solving a Rubik's Cube, which he then doesn't solve. And also— <laughs> He just owns a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> yeah, he has a Rubik's Cube, and he can sit there and play with it while she is talking. Which is multitasking. In a way. Like, it yeah. really is. The, but wasn't man. that, like, in his intro video? He was like, I'm really smart, and that was he also codes. his example. Okay. Yeah, he codes. I actually, yeah. well, we'll get to this, but I actually, like, I'm now a fan of Alex. Me too. Yeah. I was going to say, he's yeah. really grown on me he grew, this episode. He for sure grew on me. And so I was, at this point in the episode, though, judging him for holding <laughs> the Rubik's Cube. And then by the end, I was like, oh, he can probably solve that. Like, he's smart. <laughs> yeah, let's just, just give him the benefit humble. of the doubt here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Will got a cute little... They're playing basketball. Like I'm into basketball. Will. Will also yeah, grew I on like me. Will. I like Will, too. He's really charming. He's really charming when and I might have playful. gotten something to eat while that happened. What happened? Um, it was a little aside. They were, like, playing with the, one of those, like, like children's basketball. basketball oh, and then they, like, made out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I caught that part. And it was, yeah. like, a good kiss. Or yeah. It looks good to me. Into Will. I'm yeah. into Will. Yeah, I like him, too. Um, she sits down with Lucas. Every time that she has time with Lucas. Wait, which one's Lucas? Waboom. Waboom. Oh. <laughs> every time she has time with Waboom, she approaches it in this oh, way God. that's very, like, practical. Like, we need to get this time done. <laughs> this is part of the show. Let's do this. Have a hug. Okay. <sighs> and he's gets an opportunity to address what Blake said about him last episode. Aspiring drummer. Blake the aspiring drummer yes. slash sex god. Slash oh, personal God. trainer. 
Yeah. Um, and so many jobs. <laughs> Lucas is like, listen, we had a great night. I don't know why he said that stuff. I think maybe he just doesn't like me. And she's like, why doesn't he like you? And he says, well, I think he has a crush on me. <laughs> because he peels a banana okay. and eats it he said, over my bed while I'm sleeping. Yeah, he's like, I woke up and he was like standing over me, like holding a banana and like licking it. <laughs> And, like, peeling it, and then he ate it. And Rachel's like, are you fucking with me right now? Or, like, is this a thing? And he's like, no, it's real. And she's like, well, did Blake finish the thing? (laughs) Yeah, that was my favorite question. (laughs) She, like, really took it all. Like, she was like, I'm going to, like, I'm really going to treat this like a serious, like an actual conversation and ask a follow-up question to the banana. Also, it was such a lawyer move. She was like, I'm going to hear the evidence on both sides. (laughs) If he was really eating banana, then Lucas would know whether he finished it or not. (laughs) And then she's like, I got to hear Blake's side now. About Blake the banana. Blake great defense, guys. Blake he points out. doesn't eat carbs. That was his job. He was like, first of all, I would never eat a banana because I don't eat carbs. And she's like, I think at that moment she was like, this like, is done, on another done. level. Yeah, she yeah. was like, if we're discussing your carb-free diet while Waboom is sleeping, like, it's a job. It was, it was too much. Because she was just like, he was like. She's going to be so impressed by this answer. We can laugh together oh, about yeah. my ketogenic diet. Yeah. And instead she's like, what about the standing what? over his bed part? <laughs> <laughs> to it be clear, was... I'm pretty sure that Lucas made the entire thing up also because he went oh, on Kimmel sure. and basically admitted that he oh, made I... it up. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, of course. Like, it was just so, it was so yeah. insane. It was insane. You could see, like, the wheels turning, too. He was like, and then I uh, woke up. And he was, it was eating a banana. A banana. <laughs> like, what scenario is that? He was like, how would a guy show that he has a crush on another guy? Right. <laughs> Probably by licking a banana while creepily watching him sleep. He's like, we all know that's the first step. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you replace the banana with, with well, we'll get into that later. Dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh first God. comes banana, then comes love. Oh yeah, exactly. That, those are the steps. It was just—I just thought it was so funny that she, like, took it seriously enough to, like, actually be like, can you—can you speak to this? I just wonder at what point did she go to the producers and say, look, I've played your games. I have kept these people around. Will you please let me send them home? I'm a grown woman, (laughs) and I'm talking about bananas. (laughs) Like, when did this—when did this go wrong? I feel like when Nick came on and sometimes, like, people like us were like, he's going to be, like, a producer. He's going to get the good TV because he Mm. knew the show so well. Yeah. I feel like that's what Rachel is doing, though. She's like— She knows. While they're here, I'm going to let them talk about the banana. I'm going to ask (laughs) follow-up questions about the banana. I'm going to— you know, play into yeah. it, and then they're just going to go. Right, like, and I'm then not... they're going to go directly out. That's yeah. what I love, too, is, like, she didn't just keep them around one more. She was like, and now you've had your fun. Yeah. And, like, I think we're all done with Waboom Bananas drumming. She was like, what more can come of this Yeah, that hasn't already been as good as it could be? This is true, yeah. Um, Wait, I, I know you guys totally talked about this last week, but, like, so, wa- okay, so <laughs> Waboom is roommates with Blake's Girlfriend. The opposite. opposite. Blake is used to be roommates 
with Lucas's, with Lucas's ex. ex. That is so they were weird. all on another. The three of them uh-huh. were all on another reality show. Are you kidding? Called Exile. It was quite. I quite can't. A mess. I can't. Like it's just <laughs> it too much. I also loved aspiring drummer saying, "I know where he lives. He lives in my town." I was like, "Your town is Los Angeles. Like millions of people <laughs> he was like, live in your town." He was like, "We live in the same city. I can't get away from it." Listen, dude. Like, I think you can. Yeah, I go years in New York without seeing my I know. friends. You're fine. It's not like here. a one horse town. Like you'll, it'll, you, like you can avoid him. Um, rose ceremony time. Dean, Peter, and Josiah, I think, already have roses. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, Brian, Bryce get roses. Bryce says with an open heart when she offers him the rose. Oh. I hate him. I'm sorry. Wait, which one, Bryce? He's Bryce. the firefighter who had the transphobic thing on his bio, yeah. so I can't really get past that. What? He was like, I my worst date fear is that the girl will turn out to be a dude. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Also, he Boy, keeps bye. doing stuff like when she offers him the rose, he'll be like, with honor or something. I'm like, <laughs> You're shut like, up. stop. Um, Eric, Anthony, Will, Jack, Matt, Alex, Adam, Kenny, Brady, Lee, Iggy, Fred— and when we get to the final rose, is it going to be Blake or Lucas? And it's Diggy. Diggy, thank oh, goodness. I knew. I was like, please choose Diggy. Okay, I no. just think she's not that into him, and he'll probably go home next no, week because he's, he's got. So cute. But he's so he's really cute. cute. And he loves fashion. I love his bow ties, and I love his glasses. And, and his I know glasses. I've said this every week, but like, I at least want him to get yeah. a chance to be on Paradise, and he I hasn't. Mean, yes. Yeah, he either has to be on suits? longer or make more of us, but I know. I mean, he's he commits. Yes. He commits to fashion choices. Um, when Diggy is chosen, Lucas says, sad day. Sad day in paradise. <laughs> sad day in paradise. He, Lucas he is like, it's that. great because I've packed my bags yeah. for Bachelor in Paradise already. Yeah, yeah. He was like, how can I throw in paradise <laughs> to this moment? Uh, and I'm pretty out. sure it's been confirmed that Lucas is... Are you serious? Going. Uh, yeah, I think, <sighs> and I think Blake might be as well. And oh, uh, also not getting a rose is Jamie, the guy with perfect, perfect facial features and a $2,000 suit. Um, oh, she sent fine. home three terrible white men this week, so yeah, well was, done. It well was, done. It was, it was fine. No one, no one was crying. Okay. Okay, so now we get to a part where we're going to need a little help from Vela. Um, Vela, as an actor, uh-huh. we just thought it might be, you know, a beautiful moment for you to show off your skills mm-hmm. and— do um, a dramatic reading of some of Blake and Lucas's final showdown. I Do you have been this waiting challenge? for this moment all my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So this is just a select part. This was yeah. a very extended uh, back and forth that mm-hmm. they had. Heated argument. Basically, Blake approaches Lucas while they're both doing their in-the-moment interviews as they exit. <laughs> we can see, like, the producers in their, like, zip-up parkas <laughs> just yeah. standing there, like, lighting. And, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blake comes over and, like, claps him on the shoulder and is like, listen, I just want to tell you. Fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> you were With his here arm for the around right him reasons. the whole time. Um, yeah, and then we come to this Oh my god! Incredible portion. Okay, Blake. Because you were busy wabooming, I'm going home. You win, Lucas. Waboom, Lucas. Yeah. The thing is, it's not about winning. It's about the world, brother. And you have no idea what the world needs, Blake. You're the wab. 
You're the waboom clown. I'm the nice gentleman. Lucas, go back to your protein shakes. Go back to your steroids. Blake, I'm just going to let you speak for yourself. Lucas, get back to your garbage clown life. Blake, my clown life? Because I'm a clown? Lucas, no, I'm a clown. Because I can be funny. You don't even know what funny looks like. Blake, funny is not waboom. Waboom is like waka waka, pie in the face, waka waka, honk honk, fart joke. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, that was beautiful. Wow. Um, I think they should write plays. <laughs> I feel like Blake especially has such a an insight into the English language. Um, I I felt emotional just reading that. This was a really beautiful moment in Bachelorette history. Truly. Uh, top top 10, I'd say. Oh, truly, <laughs> truly. My roommate was like, this is just a great thing for white guys everywhere. <laughs> like, the fact that this is happening is just... I saw some perfect. someone tweet um, a GIF in response to it that was um, Titus from oh, Kimmy him. Schmidt. Uh just saying, like, what white nonsense is this? It was white. It was white nonsense. Like, it, like, it is the definition. It was just crazy. Like, I didn't understand what was happening. Truly, while it was happening, they were clearly very drunk. Clearly, <laughs> very drunk. If like the point in, in an argument is waka waka, I was what? like, what? Like, is that Fozzie Bear? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know enough about comedy to even, <laughs> you know, the history of comedy. Yeah. You know what we saw when Blake came on uh, Kimmel also? Lucas, Lucas. Or, yes, Lucas. Oh, my God. Why didn't Blake get invited? Well, because uh, they only, I don't know. He didn't have a waboom. He didn't have an Ace Ventura impression, which is what we found out <laughs> on Kimmel is what Lucas has oh. in his back pocket. And our coworker also mentioned she, she knows someone who knows Lucas, and apparently he is obsessed um, with, with Jim Carrey. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I kind of like was getting those vibes. Yeah. It all it all really yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like what was the thing in the mask? Like Jim Carrey had like a thing. Right. That was not Waboom. But the problem what? is like Lucas is untalented. No, it's not. <laughs> he doesn't need to be doing yeah. any of this stuff. Like leave that to Jim Carrey. Um, and then we get to the next group date. Mm-hmm. Lights, camera, action. Come join me on the set of Ellen. So we saw this date already, but we'll yeah, still talk so it's about Brian, it. Brian, Jonathan, who's Tickle Monster, Peter, Alex, Will, and Fred. And it was funny watching this back because we I watched the clip like oh, you four had, times. Oh, because it was on Ellen probably like a while ago. Yeah, yeah. But now it's intercut. We had one game that we didn't see on Ellen and also um, all the guys' commentary. And now that we kind of know yeah, them a little bit, it, it was funny sense. to watch it back. Yeah. yeah. Um. They all know more about Ellen than I do. They were all like, yeah, we're going to have to take off our shirts and dance for money. And I was wait, like, wait, what? I, I was shocked when that happened. I was Apparently like, Apparently it's a thing. It's a thing? On the show. I don't watch daytime TV. Oh, I didn't um, know about I that. I love Ellen so oh, much. Oh, I love her. I love my, her so I, much. And I knew that I, my love in her was just really affirmed the minute that Rachel was like, yeah, that guy tickled me when he came out of the limo. And Ellen's like deadpan reaction was I don't like that. Why is he still here? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no. She's invested. Yeah. She's fully invested at this point. 
Um, I thought it was like, it was kind of, well, okay, so my first reaction was like, oh, good for Brian and Peter that they didn't say um, that they kissed her at first. And then that was broken literally like two seconds later. Yeah, the literal second that Brian had an opportunity to be like. he was like, I did it. (laughs) He was like, it was me. I I put my mouth on her. I know. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. Um, And then. He, Peter or Will Then points Will out. says, I second that. And then Brian says, you got my sloppy seconds. Ooh. Wait, so did Peter Not, say anything? No. no. Okay, no. Okay. He, I, Peter was standing much Peter, further away from oh, the Oh, that's mic. true. That's true. But Peter was so classy. The yeah, whole I was like, true. Peter oh. played it. I actually think that Alex won the Ellen show. Like, I thought that Alex was, like, so sweet and honest and just himself. So mm-hmm. he won, but Peter, like, was— He was playing the long game. He was playing the long game. He was so classy. I looked over his—because Alex was, like, fully at, like, a— strip show like oh, in his yeah. fearless dancing and Peter was just like kind of dancing with some moms like in a cute yeah. way and I was like I feel like that is like that's the end game but like yeah. Alex it was very entertaining that's the guy you want to be at a wedding with yeah. like yours or someone else's yeah you don't want to be like oh my like husband or whatever is like grinding on some yeah. grandmas yeah. I think yeah. Al- I think Alex secured himself like he was charming and funny and yeah, honest so awesome. he'll he'll go yeah. decently Far, he'll yeah. make it like at least midway. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'll be yeah. the final one. So Fear also, <laughs> Brian did because a lot of people reacted understandably pretty poorly to him referring to Rachel as someone's sloppy second. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Was not a great was, moment. It was yeah. really not. Um, he posted Uh-oh. an in- on Instagram a screenshot and said something to the effect of like, "Oh my god, the fireball!" <laughs> so it seems that they were pretty. Drunk, and then oh. I saw Fred respond and said, "Oh my God, we were so drunk!" Like cry face Got emoji. It. Okay, that makes Why a little the, more, uh, yeah. I guess, a little more sense. Yeah, it does make a little more. He sense. He seemed a little bit ashamed, is what I'm he saying, yeah. which right. makes Good. me that think, makes that makes it yes. better because he I was like, be I was like, "Good for them." They like kissed her, but they're not like putting her on blast. And then he was like, "I did it. <laughs> you took it from me," and I was like, "Oh no, oh no." Her mouth tastes like candy. Oh um, my God. So then they play Never Have I Ever. I loved this part. Peter yeah. and Alex are the only ones who say they've never thought about having sex with Rachel. <laughs> I felt so bad for Jonathan in this moment because he's getting such the dork at it. Which wait, which one's Jonathan? Tickle, Tickle monster. monster. <laughs> so they and he is a dork, but like he's with all these like studs who are like. Yeah. And, and then they cut to him being like, I don't know, Rachel's like a beautiful girl. And like, yeah. if you say you've never thought about having sex with her. I mean, like, he's lying. probably right. He's, right. Like, <laughs> he's yeah. totally right. But yeah. like, and I'm sure that he felt very comfortable saying that in a in the moment because he's right. Mm-hmm. But the way that they edit it just makes him look like such a like dweeb. Just dweeb. A, yeah. Just like, I have thought that. Yeah. <laughs> I have those not. feelings. Right. They, they basically juxtaposed it with like, well, obviously he'll never get the chance to. So yeah. like, look at this. Look at this dork who said he thought he about it. He could when like, her. in yeah. reality, he's probably like a totally nice Guy, he's a doctor. Like, yeah. who loves to tickle. He's, he's probably There's fine. There's got to be yeah. someone who's into that out there. Oh, it's yeah. just not Rachel. Oh, yeah. Don't you know? That's um, cool. 
And uh, Alex admits is the only one who says he's peed in the pool at the house. And Will says, I'm never getting in that pool again. He's a big boy. There's not enough chlorine in the world to kill that. I uh, thought both Will and Alex were hilarious. They were great. And and Alex in his in the moment later is like, uh, I answered really honestly, which I am very embarrassed about now. But I just want her to know. Like, I'm going to be real. I I bet all of them have peed in the pool. He was the only one that admitted to it. I'm going to say this now. um, And I'm volunteering it so mm-hmm. that you know it's true I've never peed in a pool I don't get it are you serious yeah it just makes uh, me uncomfortable to think of like the warmth spreading yeah, around my legs and, don't, like, yeah you really don't want to think about it also, like, if you're in a pool <laughs> you don't you're in think- an usually there's a bathroom nearby like in oh, an I ocean <laughs> full disclosure I went through a period of time where I was just I was like peeing all around New York City <laughs> <laughs> Like, I felt no—I guess I'm the opposite of pee shy. Like, I was like, I have the right to pee on this tree. That explains so much about the way the city smells. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> um, so, so we're they, just getting really honest here because yeah, we appreciate Alex. I'm my Ellen moment. Yeah. We appreciate Alex's I candor. I appreciated it. I ask if anyone has ever hooked up with a woman twice their age, and Fred is the only one. Fred. Oh, Rachel says that Frederick Fred has a thing for heart. older women. Go figure. Oh. I really like Fred, and I felt so, so bad for him. Sweet. And I thought that moment was so beautiful when he was like, I've known her since kindergarten, and I've had a crush on her the whole time. I was like, that is such a sweet, like, it's a sweet moment, and they've known each yeah. other for a long time. I don't know. It was really yeah. special. I totally get that she just was never into it and cannot get over the Completely. fact that she knew him as a kid. That's fine. I still yeah. felt sympathy for him still because he, him. he seems like a very— a genuinely together guy yes. who's very kind, and he's, really and he's really very handsome. Like, the thing is, I think it's it's just one of those things that like I'm thinking about back on kids I've babysat. I could never, no, right. I could never date no, someone I, I babysat. I was a camp counselor. I definitely no. get it. If you have seen someone grow up, you even if you're close in age, there's just a weirdness there that's really hard to. Push uh, you past. just can't get by it. Yeah. But like I, I get how he can because. In his mind, she was always a woman. Like, she was yeah. always a figure of, like, you know, probably, like, I'm sure Rachel was a sophisticated yeah. 12-year-old, yeah. you know? <laughs> and he was probably like, oh, my God, she's amazing. But it's like, it doesn't go both ways. Yeah. I just felt so, so He's, bad oh for him. This moment was terrible. Like, she brings up on Alan again that he was so bad. And she <laughs> says he was just mischievous, which, like, isn't that big of a deal. And he's getting tired of it. He's been really gracious about it. And he says— this girl is so deeply rooted in my soul that I can't even go a day or go to sleep or wake up without thinking of her. It's not the same for me as it is for the other guys. Oh, my heart just like Fred. broke. And he Fred. was also just like I'm. I was a kid. <laughs> I know. I totally got where Fred was coming from. I got both of them. I, I could it, get yes. both sides, and it was just this really unfortunate situation. Although, what do we think Fred did as a camper? It's got to be something more. It was something bad. <laughs> Like it must have been bad. Yeah, like the girl, my friend Jess, who like runs our like fantasy league because I am on a fantasy league. Of course. Full disclosure. Um, uh, she's just always like, "What? Like, what does like being a bad camper mean? Like, what is That's this?" That's what I was thing? trying to think. Like, who like, does it just mean like pulling print? Like, you know, you put your friend's hand in warm water. Mm, so that I think some kids are bad. genuinely. 
but she said he was mischievous i know who knows it seemed like maybe he was just like a real handful and she's like she was always having problems annoyed by him yeah yeah he seems like a really nice guy but it's just it's it's rare on the bachelor especially this early on that you see such uh, a really sad case of unrequited love especially because it's been going on longer oh yeah like it was like we caught the tail end of it but it has been going on since he was a bad camper so let's just talk really briefly about fred's exit because i feel like this just goes nicely into it in the night portion he's trying to make his move and he asks if he can kiss her and she reacts really (laughs) oh poorly to it um and and this is something you know people on twitter were sort of going back and forth about it saying like hey we wish this had been presented in a better light because consent is a good thing. Oh, well, totally. Yes. I think it's that it's that gray area of dating where, right. like, it's, yes, there are, like, consent is a good thing, but, like, it, it's it's a must-have. Yes, but, <laughs> necessary. Know, just saying, it's, 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 um... Yeah, let's it's, start from the premise that consent the is premise, necessary. Consent, but, like, you know, I can see how, like, you want a kiss to happen seamlessly, or you want yeah. it to be, like, this unspoken moment of consent where, like, it's two adults being like, we want to do this together. Yeah. And I guess she was responding to the fact that it was a little awkward. Right. And what I was saying yeah. is, thinking last night, is, like, these things are so situational. And yes. she felt awkward because she already felt awkward in the situation. And yeah. she didn't want to be romantic with him. I think there can yes. also be, like, and I, listen, I totally get where Fred is coming from and I support it. I think it's great to ask for permission. And I think that there is, like, a way to do it that seems confident. And that's clearly what she wants. Yes. And he was sort of like, can I? And she was like, Um, I don't know. (laughs) And he's like, okay, I'm going to do it. But first I'm like going to kind of say something and then like lunge at you and then like pull away and finish saying it. It was very awkward and clearly not meant to be. And, you know, I I was into it, frankly. Like my standards are not that high. But I think also like if you think of Rachel's mind, what she's seeing is like a 12 year old. So like if a 12 year old was like, can I kiss you? You'd be like, I don't know. Like like probably what's going through her mind is like, are you of age? Like, can you like, you know, can you even do, have you done that? Yeah. Yeah. So I got where she was coming from. Ben Higgins. So I was listening to Ben and Ashley I's new podcast uh, this morning on my way in. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, And Ben was talking about how, actually in his first kiss mm-hmm. with Lauren that he had asked he's like and look at me it went pretty well like and you know and like like genuinely he was being earnest like he was like yeah I like I mean it did it did go well, well. and and that's I think like proves my point that like mm-hmm. if you are into someone and they you, ask yeah. then it's perceived it's as cute, cute and fun 100%. and you love it like 100%. it's more like he was trying to force a moment that wasn't there exactly. by asking yeah. right yeah. and it wasn't either of their faults it was just like yeah. an unfortunately like, awkward yeah. moment it's like when like a friend is like doesn't like someone and they're like and then he called me and he texted and exactly. you're like if you were into that you'd person, be like oh my god you'd be he like he called, called. it was so te- nice yeah it's like it completely is situational exactly exactly what you're saying uh, yeah. and then and then, and then Rachel, she grabs the group date oh, rose when so she dumps him. I like this is the the first time I think that I've been like Rachel. Why would you <laughs> like, do that? I get that it was convenient. Like maybe like she was like I'll grab it and then do this. And I then think the producers back. ask her to do it that they yeah, because like, they often do that on group dates. They pick up the rose, then they're like actually buy, and then they like why uh, did they have it? 
Right. So she pulls, she takes him into another room while holding the rose, and she says the kiss was like a boy was kissing her. She was like rubbing salt in the wound. I know. At that point. She was like explaining it, but like in the like it. Poor Fred, and he handled it so gracefully. He did. I, he I did. wrote like this was a very mature breakup, and she ends by saying like, you know, I think you're great, and I wish you the best. And he says like, I think you're great too. Yeah. And then he says, you know, I can't force her. I can't force a connection. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was really, I thought it was really mature and grace it was. and gracious on both their on parts. both of their yeah. parts. Also, do you remember how he said like when he kissed her, he saw wedding, he yes. saw like them oh, at their wedding. It was so sad. He's like, I saw her in the dress and me in a tuxedo or something. He's like, no, don't say it, Fred. And then, like, two seconds later. Which we knew was going to happen. He thought he was getting the rose even before she picked it up. He was like, I'm excited to get the rose because I know she (laughs) felt it, too. And, like, oh, that that moment. But, like, even when Blake got sent home at the rose ceremony, he went up to Rachel and was like, you didn't really give me a chance because of Lucas, and that sucks. And Fred Mm -hmm. was just like, what's the point? Like, I can't make her give me a chance um that's how she feels and that was very mature Ugh, it was um, it was just so sad. Was so sad we're going to take a little break but we'll be right back to keep discussing the episode with fella if you want to bring coziness into your life uh and i mean who doesn't <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 
H E L P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. 
I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful, just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Before we get back to the show, we want to tell you about a new podcast from HuffPost. It's called IVFML, and we're going to play the trailer right now. But stick around. After Feminism Fails, we will do a chat with our colleague and the host of IVFML, Anna Almendrala. Coming soon from HuffPost, a new podcast. It's called IVFML, a story about what it's like to be infertile, following one couple on an uncertain journey toward parenthood. Hi, I'm Anna. And I'm Simon. We've been married for six years and everything's been super good. Awesome. Great to hear that. But there's been one big sort of headline problem. We're We're infertile. infertile. We were so goddamn happy. I remember you gave me this phone call. You just said, baby, 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 baby. You just said that like a hundred times on the phone. I was so excited. And I just remember walking around the block in circles. Yeah. At that point, it had already been a year and a half since we'd been trying. Fuck. It had already been a year and a half? Yeah. Fuck. But our mission didn't work. Our happy feelings lasted about 48 hours. There's something really wrong. There's something really wrong with this pregnancy. I remember stuffing my phone in my pocket and all the emotion dropping out of the ultrasound text voice as she called for the doctor. I remember thinking, why the hell did I tell so many people about this? Why the hell did I tell so many people about this? Why the hell did I tell so many people about this? Why the hell did I tell so many people about this? Why the hell did I tell so many people about this? IVFML, a new HuffPost podcast. Five episodes that we're releasing all at once. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. to the show. So were there any other standout Alex moments the for the date rose? Right. He, okay. So oh, I thought that was a great like that was on like Alex definitely became I like became a fan of Alex during this group date. Like I loved what he said about eyes. I feel like that was way made up. Am oh. I wrong? Like, <laughs> I liked how it. Can that I, be real? I, well, I've been thinking about it ever since. Like did he say that it was he was like was it that she looks out of his left eye? Her left eye, or she looks at his left at eye. At his left eye. So that, like, when someone's looking at your left eye, they're like, because now, now like, I'm like thinking about whom? it. Left, it's like if you're look, if you're looking at, like, if I'm looking at your left eye, Claire, I'm thinking from my like feeling brain. But now that I'm looking at your right eye, I'm thinking logically. But this is my left eye. Oh, you're right. Right? Like, what? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I, it seemed really smart at the time, and I was I like, I bought wow. it. I know. I totally fell for it. No, I was instantly like, that is oh, some right. new age bullshit. No, <laughs> no, this is. No, sorry, okay. Looking at their, Looking their at, left indicates that they're reminiscing. Like, there's, there's a thing about myths. this. Like, I don't know. 
I don't think there's any science behind that. Listen, whatever. Um, it could be. I bought it. She I was, was into like, it. totally. Alex knows about eyes and emotion. <laughs> Look, if I were on a date and a guy said that to me, I might give him some shit. But it's something. It's interesting. You know, it's interesting. Like, yeah. And she's I like she that sees he said different something layers. More interesting than like I think you're amazing. And yeah. I can do a Rubik's cube. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, good for Alex. He also said that he feels comfortable in a lot of awkward situations, Mm -hmm. but that he's still nervous with her. And he'll take the butterflies. That was cute. cute. I thought he completely deserves that group. Um, Side note, we didn't get a lot of Peter this episode, but as you said, he was playing the long game. and. If, did anyone else notice yes. how intense their hug yes, was? She hug. was like on him like full during body that one time. Yeah. She, she really likes and him. And she yeah. was like, what did she, she was like, I'm never going to get up or something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> also, I don't know why I just noticed that he has like salt and pepper hair. Yeah. I think I thought it was like light it brown. It looks light brown in some lights. Oh, that it's, for some reason took it to another level. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I agree. I love that. I it's love really that he has gray hair. so Beautiful. He's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. So many gaps. One on one date. Anthony is told to meet Rachel at the rodeo. <sighs> Anthony. It's Rodeo Drive, but also they're riding horses. <laughs> this was a weird it was date. So I weird. I don't like weird. any date that involves shopping. And I don't think it was necessarily a good date for Anthony, who's so kind of shy. Shy, kind yeah. of intellectual, um, solid sort of guy. And they're doing this sort of funky, yeah. like, Go into stores on horses oh, and then like eat forcing horse the cupcakes. horses to go into the stores. The, the horses are like the horses pooped, pooped in like a nice store. Of like, course oh, they did. God. Horses don't like wait to go to the bathroom. They're, no, they're like, like it's coming. I don't care that I'm in Cartier. Yeah, I'm pooped. Also, want- Rachel says something like. So Beverly Hills. I was like, is no, that? I don't no. really. I've been to Beverly Hills. There, was, there wasn't horse shit yeah. in the store. I do yeah. love when bachelorettes and bachelors say stuff like that where they're like, this is something you can only do in Beverly Hills <laughs> because we are literally in Beverly Hills. And where else can you be in Beverly Hills but in Beverly Like, you know, there's that, nothing else about it that was particularly unique Right. Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hill. This is true. Especially the horses. Although I was thinking, I was like. What if you were with, like, someone who you had, like, so much fun with and you were on an actual horse going down Rodeo Drive? Like, it would actually be kind of fun, but, like, it felt insane. I just feel like yeah. they hadn't spent enough time together Maybe to make it was. fun. Like They you, needed to, like, also, have like, had another day. I yeah. know. I went horseback riding on my honeymoon, and it was in- extremely fun, mm-hmm. and I'm, like— I really just want to ride horses all the time now. But I didn't get to, like, interact with my husband a no, lot during exactly. that. Exactly. It keeps a little distance between you. You're interacting with the horse. Yeah. yeah it's about the horse. It's about the horse. And he has all these photos of me where I just look like I'm miserable because I'm, like, concentrating on the horse. Yeah. And, like, trying to get the horse to go where I, like, had an amazing time. But, like— I, it wasn't very interactive It's a date with us. you and the horse. Yes. Not with you and the other person. Yeah, they were exactly. really bonding with those horses. Yeah. The yeah. only time they really got to speak was when they were feeding the horses horse cupcakes <laughs> from the Sprinkles ATM. We have a listener you don't question do that, about that. Emma? I, well, I know. You know. I mean, I haven't before. But Anytime you go okay. to a Sprinkles cupcake ATM, just hit the horse button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they have different, like, they have, like, cat cupcakes, dog cupcakes. You cat know, cupcakes like, are whatever. just raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the only thing cats are allowed to eat. <laughs> um, so they they conveniently sell horse cupcakes at this ATM, yeah, even so though convenient. there are no other horses ever in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Thank um, goodness they found that. A listener asked, can horses eat these cupcakes? Answer, yes. Yes. Okay. So we looked it up, and um, Romper did this deep dive for us. Uh, and apparently horse cupcakes are just, like, 
molasses and grain and like honey and, and like oh, shredded and like shredded carrots. So right. the so the horses plus baking, were not harmed. Plus like flour. Yeah, no yeah. Horses so, so, the horses are the dead horses. Now, yeah, are, the horses are fine, <laughs> and it's also fine for humans to eat horse, horse cupcakes. cupcakes. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, so we're all good. We're all good. We all learned something here. Yeah. Um and. I just want to say I'm really glad for everyone that the horses didn't urinate in the store because yeah. that you would never be able to. We're talking to. It a lot about everywhere. pee this episode. I also learned that you can't show horse poo on network yeah, television. The, but they showed the cow manure when they shoveled oh, yeah. it. yeah. Why was horse poo like, that's not cool. Maybe it was like the juxtaposition of the nice store and the poop that was like so obscene. They, they were like, <laughs> we cannot. Yeah. This is... Too jarring. Yeah. Um, so we got a little bit more of Anthony. Uh, top dinner. In the second yeah. half yeah. of the date, which I was like, I felt good for him that he got some he got actual screen time to yes. actually speak. I Anthony is one of those ones. I, I, I read his bio before and I was like, this guy. Like, yeah. he just. He's a Fulbright scholar. He's a Fulbright scholar. His favorite movie is Moonlight. Like, I was just yeah. like, you're good. Like, I was like. This you are a good one. egg. I didn't realize he was so shy. He's very yeah. shy and like reserved. Which I, I think see him sweet. as kind of like a dark horse person because he takes do. a little while to get to know. And I like that. I like that he's not like wabooming all over the place. Yes. He's just like, I'm Anthony. Like, you know, <laughs> I had a childhood rich in love and I just want to help people. I just want to spread that love and like help kids and like watch Moonlight. And yeah. like, I'm, yeah. Yes. The more he spoke and the more the camera really like, closed in on his face, I was like, a, this man is He's very attractive. Beautiful. He is also just he beautiful. He is very beautiful and should yeah. be a model. Uh, and also, he is great. Yeah. He's, yeah, like, he's, like, yeah, he's kind of my my pick. And she gives him the rose. They dance to sort of a jazz quartet. I was so relieved for them that they didn't have to have some, real like, fourth-rate, like, country yeah. star. I know that it they have to be like, I love... I love like Benny Johnson. <laughs> yeah. and they, like no one knows who Benny Johnson is. Um, and meanwhile, Eric is back at the house with the guys. Mm-hmm. So Eric is getting, getting very insecure this episode, which, yeah. understandably, I think this happens to people who spend a few weeks in the house don't get to. don't get to get out of the house that much. I think last yeah. week did he not have a I date? I think he at, did have a date. Oh, he did cuz he was on the basketball date. He's, I just don't think he he hasn't really gotten handles the situation. He's spiraling. Well. There's always yeah. one per, like on next season it was oh, now I can't remember her name, the cheerleader. You know what I mean? The the professional, like she was a wasn't she like a there Dallas was a cowboy? Cheerleader? Yeah. Oh, Jasmine. Jasmine. Oh, she yeah. got Jasmine very spiraled. Anxious. Like it's always one person who just starts being like, I haven't seen them in a while. And then I'm towards the end, crazy. Vanessa also got yeah, super Vanessa anxious. was fired. Yeah, and it I, it's so understandable. But I was like, that's what's happening to him. Definitely, he's all. He's like, I don't know where she's at. I think we have a connection, but. Also not yeah. at the he was like we have a deep connection but not an emotional one and like I need the chemistry but we do yeah. have a physical connection I was like so what are you what talking are you about? talking about who knows he sometimes I'm like he goes off kind of I on think, his yeah, yeah. I think he does I yeah. think it's a spiral Iggy decided to get in on this conversation oh, Iggy, without being invited is so sweaty all the time like I always Iggy. am like poor Iggy but does look better in glasses. Yeah, he's his glasses were great. Yeah, he looks great. He has like yeah. a good sense of fashion. Yeah. someone needs to just like dab a There's little. There's always bit. one or two Aww. who like just get a little shiny. The lights, yeah. Um, I'm very sweaty, so I yeah, I would that. probably oh, so be that am person. I. Yeah. So am my I makeup for sure. will be running down my face. But so he tries to get in and be like, I feel like you're questioning Rachel, and like that's fucked up. That's mm-hmm. not okay. And 
Anthony and Bryce are just kind of sitting there like, <laughs> what's going on? And Eric kind of blows him. He's like, you weren't invited to talk about this. Why are you right. inserting just, yourself? This conversation got unnecessarily aggressive. Heated. Yeah, but why? But why? I feel like Iggy should have stayed out of it. I feel like Eric should have stayed calmer. Right. I, I think it, it was kind of on both of them. Like, I understand why it would be frustrating and annoying to have someone insert themselves in the middle of your conversation yeah, and, and have pass, an opinion. And pass yeah. judgment yeah. on yeah. you. I was like, who are you? Um, and then I think Eric was already kind of wound pretty tightly yes. and sort of just took that out on, yes. on Iggy. But he, um, he did happen to be saying, right, that, like, Rachel, he felt like she's she's never going to, like, say to someone's face, I'm not into you. So it's not that he was saying that well, she was fake. We know that's not true. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> From the front. Right. I think yeah. he was speaking to the general format of the of show, the show. He was more than saying, her character. Right. He was just saying you have to. You kind of have to, like, present a face to the yeah. world so you don't necessarily know where you're at, right? Is that yeah, kind of what I think? Yeah. so. I That's think what he was, was getting at. he was presenting it in not the yeah. great way. best way. He just didn't the say other it in the best way. Like, yeah, also ready it. to see the worst. Um, I also appreciated, yeah, Bryce and Anthony were just sitting there, and then you get a cutaway of Josiah just looking over his shoulder and walking upstairs <laughs> away from it. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> he was like— There were a few, a few of the men whose, like, tactic— um, towards avoiding drama is just to literally like yeah. get up and move away and it was really it. smart I get it I, I love applaud. that you see the difference between like Josiah doing like the fun jousting and like getting a little mm. cocky but when there's like real fighting he's like, he's like I'm not here <laughs> this is not me he's like and I'm out uh, then we get the next group day card and Anthony did that too didn't he yeah. he kind yeah. of like stood up in his like adorable sweatpants and was like yeah. goodbye good sweatpants man they yeah. make the world go around uh, sometimes in relationships the women have to take charge and immediately all the guys are like, Charge shopping. the credit card. Charge the credit card. Yeah. I was like, no, stop. Oh, my God, I forgot. This episode was epic. I forgot yeah. about this. Yeah. So this, de- this, de- this date was Brady, Dean, Adam, Kenny, Bryce, Lee, Jack, and Eric. So mm-hmm. that's an odd mix. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. It's a little bit, again, of like the B team in yeah. my mind, yeah. minus Definitely. maybe Dean and Eric. What about Kenny? I don't think Kenny's that she's middling. Into Kenny. really? I think she likes Kenny as a person, but yeah. I don't think yeah. she's into him. Um, I think it's also the uh, pre-paradise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and here's what happens. Probably, probably. Ladies taking charge means that Rachel brought in Raven, Corinne, Jasmine, and Alexis, uh, and to we know plan the date. all four of them are going on paradise. So are this was serious? the date where oh they got to God. scout their future, their, their <laughs> girl, their girl picks, oh and God. so they take them on a party bus they get all the guys to like strip and like pole dance (laughs) and meanwhile raven is asking bryce and lee she's sitting between who they think is wrong for rachel and they both say eric Mm -hmm. and they're like oh rachel's really excited about eric which i didn't really know i think well at the beginning if you remember when the girls were last there they were like oh we really liked eric because of his dance like he was super charming on after the final rose they sort of indicated it was like at the beginning of this date, but, like, right. maybe not. Um, right. But they come to a saloon, and there's mud wrestling set up. So did Rachel not know that that was happening? Not not at that point. Okay. And also, I mean, let's be clear. They they did not—these girls did not plan the date, no. and Rachel <laughs> knows they did not plan yeah. the date. I hope they didn't, because yeah. this was— Oh, God. The guys all have to change into little matching shorties, and— 
there are women all around this Muslim <gasps> wrestling ring. And Who the, are these women? They're like cue cards. Crazy. And the, you can and tell. Like, show us your junk. Woo! But yet in a very take it intense off. way. Yeah. It was like, oh. Like, like, stop. Like, stop. calm down. <laughs> like, who no, are no you? No one said it in the cadence of someone who was thinking of their own words. They were like, <laughs> show us your butt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> show us your butt now. And I was like, who is this woman? We don't know anything like, about random her. white lady to the left. I like, know. They were like, who's what? willing to scream this? You will be on TV. Yeah, she was like, I'll do it. <laughs> this is my moment. Um, so, and at that point, they were done because there's nothing a guy can show you other than his butt and his junk that isn't already revealed by yeah. their wrestling outfit. Yeah. Um, and all that mud. And all that mud. Um, Brady and Bryce wrestle. Bryce wins. Oh, right, because Bryce wrestled yeah. with his yeah. brothers. Er, uh, Dean beats Eric. Uh, Kenny beats Jack. And Kenny like, beats Lee. I don't know. And then and then it's Bryce versus Kenny, and right. Bryce ekes out a win <laughs> against the pro wrestler. Yeah. I was like, is Kenny gonna recover? Like I was like, this Poor is all Kenny. tied up in his ego, and he like needs to win. And then he, he didn't took it win. fine, but he was fine. They were which, all yeah. they I were none impressive. of them were taking it too seriously, no. which I thought was good. Yeah, I think it's good. also worth like I think Kenny did not seem like he was going a hundred on that final That's round. That's probably true. But yeah. regard like he. Wrestling, like pro wrestling, is a performance. It's performance, and he's probably used yeah. to losing these things and just being like, "It's fine. This is part of the game." Oh, yeah. I he also really enjoyed that they made them do the in the moments caked in mud oh, as yeah. it was drying, and they all like, looked like they looked like, like monsters. Yeah, yeah it was so like, funny. Where is your face? Like, oh my god, it was so amazing. It was good. Um, nighttime, they're all showered up. The girls are gone, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, they've told. Rachel. Oh, the girls talked to Rachel, and they said they liked Adam and Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and Raven says, "I just, just so you know, I asked around, and like Bryce, they, and, yeah. Bryce and Lee said mentioned. that Eric wasn't, you know, yeah. there for the right reasons or right. whatever." And then Jasmine kind of is like, "Well, I feel like Eric is just a more serious person, right?" I mean, I do think that she and Eric are not a good fit. But it just seems like let her find that out on her own. Like, that's why I hate these things where the girls are, like, scouting for her. So I'm like, it just causes, like, drama in the house, and she would have figured out anyway. And then, of course, like, he's going to get mad that they said something. Of course he is. But, like, they felt like they should say someone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Also— I do think if you're asked who's the most not here for the right reasons of this group, like, you'll probably say someone. You're going to say someone. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, 20 Yeah, so, like, that that part of it that they, like, said that initially was not the part of all these subsequent interactions that I had a problem with. Right, right. Um, That's to be expected. Right. It was moving forward. Like, that is part of just what happens on the show. Yeah. First, she has some one-on-one time with Kenny, and he tells her about his Chippendale history. I love Kenny. Oh, my God. And he rips off his tank top. He's just fun. He's so fun. I like him. I love him. I think he's a great guy. I think she really likes him, but I don't see any spark. I just think she wants to hang out with him, so he'll make it again about halfway because they— And then it's like, it's like It's like how Alexis was, you know, friends with Nick. Yeah. But nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um. She tells Adam that her ideal man is secure, which is a great setup for her to talk to Eric, who is a huge ball of insecurities <laughs> who right is now. The op- that, but the opposite. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he takes this opportunity to be like, I feel like I just want to see where you're at. 
because I'm invested, but, like, I am nervous that you're maybe not sure. Yeah. And then she brings up that she heard from Bryson Lee that he might not have good good motives. motives. And he just Mm. looks genuinely confused. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, what? He's like, what? Because, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't about his motives. Like, he actually wasn't questioning his own motives in that moment. He was questioning the whole aspect of the show. Right. Yeah, he was and questioning. At worst, he was questioning her motives. Yeah, but he never like, and it I was think never that's about him. The shorthand of the show becomes like the only thing you can do wrong is have bad motives. Right, but there's actually a lot of other stuff. Like maybe you're too insecure. Maybe you're yeah. not a good fit for her. Maybe in certain past contestants cases mm. you're dangerous but like it doesn't always <laughs> have to one be specific contestant. right right exactly yeah. it, was, it was creating a general sense of insecurity but it wasn't that was like never the thing that i felt was right so he's to, yeah. he's totally confused and yeah. then he they make it up they end fine but he comes back angry at Bryson mm. Lee yeah. and this is when Jack and Kenny are like, where's the bathroom? Yeah, bathroom. <laughs> You're so right. It's, it's, yeah, it's highly impressive. Like, Jack is sort of like lurking in the background, but I kind of enjoy he's him. Such a <laughs> yeah. And he's, he seems he to Jack, be Jack Stone. Jack Stone. He seems to kind of get, get along with all of them, though. They should be awarded best name, the best name prize. Well, he has the sad story where he actually took his mother, who passed away from cancer's last name after she passed away. Oh my and God, that's why he's right. Jack Stone. Yeah. Oh, it's a really beautiful. good name, though. It's a good name, though. Um, So Eric is like, what's the deal? And Bryce is like, I don't know, man. I was just answering the question. Like, we Yeah, Bryce's answer was just like, I don't, I just, yeah, yeah, I just just said said it. It's just the game. Lee decides to go in on this. He's like, you just haven't experienced love and like. Which that was like a new thing. Apparently it's the case. Well, I guess they had talked about it. That's true, I haven't. And he's like, and you know that. So clearly they've been having these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just really goes downhill. Like, Eric is like, I, I think Bryce is being genuine. I don't think you're being genuine. Mm-hmm. And Lee's like, look, you're a great, capable individual. You're amazing. So weird. But I love Ugh. you to death. But, like, hearing you he scream at Iggy saying, last night, it, it was, really— He was riling him up in a way that felt really diabolical. Really evil. And because Very he's saying, I, I love you. You're just such a great guy. He and he's like, why I do you keep you. saying that? Why yeah. do you keep saying you love yeah. me? But then you're telling me, like— I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And so Eric is just getting, you know, it's really playing on his insecurities and his frustrations. And he he feels like he's being, like, I mean, gaslit. He feels like he's being gaslit. Also, because I found out about all of the Lee stuff, Mm -hmm. now my lens for him is just, like, you are, like, not a good person. (laughs) And so I I just keep, I'm, like, you know, I can see how if I didn't, I don't know if I can see. Like, maybe if I didn't know about these, like, racist things, I'd be like, oh, he's just responding. But now I'm like, no, you're evil. No. Like, you're you're trying to get this person riled up. You're trying to, like— And then we see later on him literally admit that he enjoys when he stays calm yeah. and makes someone angrier. Oh, and he takes it. joy in that. It and was he gross. is, like, he—at the very—like, uh, these are things that I might want. Like, with Taylor, I was ready to be like, she's young. She doesn't understand. She— Right. I doesn't understand how she's coming off. Leah is very purposefully being patronizing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Condescending. Con- yeah. Like, Completely. you're a great kid sort of thing. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, is not a good look, but yeah. he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. And then whenever he would, like, when Eric would get riled up, he would be like, oh, 
oh, wow, okay. And I was like, you are like that. That's the most frustrating thing when you're mad is when someone like treats you like a little kid. Right. And it's, it's, it's like, like, oh, wow, It's like someone mad. saying to you, oh, calm down, just breathe. And yeah, you're like, well, yeah. you're getting I'm really upset. mad right now. And you're like, because I'm upset because of you. And, right. and then you just yeah. get more mad. And this and, is something you might experience as a woman in a relationship or like probably as a person of color. Yeah. It's just like they purposefully hit your weak points and make you upset. And then they're like, Oh, see, exactly. I knew this would happen. Exactly. You're just this is just how your personality is. Yes. It's weaker than mine. And then you know in the moment that you're supposed to be calm and like whatever, but like you're just so mad that you're like, I, I just have to get mad at you. And like I completely saw where Eric was coming from then. Like yeah. I would have been Oh yeah. I would have been just like furious. Yeah. And he's right, you know, he keeps he's like, I don't trust Lee. Lee has snake in his DNA. Snake he in his read DNA. him correctly. I and it's true. I think that's absolutely true. He keeps being like, I love you to death, man. You're great. And then cut to in the moment. He's like, he's just a kid with a bad issue. I don't care oh, if he disrespects me. He means nothing. And it's like, so why did you say I love you, man, 13 times? Like, it was also manipulative and gross. And, like, I absolutely think he has snake in his DNA. Yes. Yeah. And then Eric gets the group date rose. Uh, clearly, Rachel wants to reassure him a little bit. And he calls over, I'm happy you got the rose, man. You deserve it for growth. Wait, Lee said that? Oh, yes. I missed that. Oh, I missed that, too. That's oh, it was so, so condescending. He's so, oh, it's, he's just the worst combination of everything. Like, he's condescending, but he's like he likes to be on a high horse. And, like, it's just, it's really gross. Oh, He's God. like very Chuck Bass, like country boy to me. He's mm. like, but Chuck smarmy. Bass had a heart, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Chuck Bass. Girl. Lee just has a snake where his heart. Exactly. Be. Uh, so then we get to the cocktail party, and we start out with Eric feeling really good, and he's saying to other guys, like, "I finally feel comfortable. I, you know, I had this conversation with Rachel that I'd been wanting yeah. to have, and it was uncomfortable, but I felt really validated by right. it." Yeah, he's like, Which, "I just want to give my good energy to you guys tonight." And, and wants to be – and now he can – he says, I can now just be thankful for the moment. Right. Which I totally get when you're anxious. You just want to be reassured. And when that anxiety is relieved, you feel like you can breathe again. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's what he was experiencing. Yes, definitely. Um, meanwhile, Iggy, who didn't get a date this episode, finds it maddening that Eric has a rose. So he goes to Rachel yeah. and brings up the conversation that he had with Eric and um, – what bothered him about it initially was he felt like Eric was, like, questioning Rachel's genuineness. And um, then he immediately goes to Eric and is like, listen, Eric-y. I told Rachel that <laughs> This you- was, like, very run-of-the-mill, just, like, it's stupid to use your time yeah. to talk shit about someone else. Yeah, and like- that never worked. Like— Especially if you've watched the show, that never goes well. No. Like, it's never the person who is like, Sally doesn't like you. You know, that yeah. that person never, like, goes far because yeah. you end up just being consumed by it. And that's all you talk about with The Bachelor slash Bachelorette is, like, how this person shouldn't be there. And then when the person's gone, you're like, um, what do I do? Like, right. you have no basis other than that. And yeah. I understand Iggy being annoyed by Eric because he yelled at him. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. Um, and then they have the weirdest exchange where Iggy – Eric is, like, taking all of Iggy's feedback actually really well, <laughs> like, yeah. and at first, because he's like, you can – and it's pretty condescending. He's like, you can grow by listening more. And Eric's like, okay, yeah, that's that's great yeah. advice for me personally, but, like, how is this relevant right. to yeah. dating Rachel? And I was right. like, that's a really fair point, Eric. Totally. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, uh, Lee is says he's going to throw Eric under the bus and he's going to feel good about it. He's disgusting. Um, oh Rachel talks to. Oh, and then he says Eric's naive. Yeah, Lee said that. Yeah, I can't. Lee literally makes my blood boil. Like, Me too. It just. Yeah. Ugh. Rachel sits down with Eric again and basically is like, "I don't think you're wrong for being yourself, but I." Do you think you shouldn't question? I like. I'm not a fan of you questioning my motives, and he denies that. But she's like, "Well, now I can't help. Like, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have my antenna. My antennas are up." And he just says, "Like, I'm just confused why people are all coming at me." Which which they are. It's totally Mm -hmm. valid. I feel like Iggy was just like, "I want to be a part of it too," and kind of like it felt very different to me. The tenor of Iggy's comments felt very different to me than Lee's. Because Iggy's, again, like, we again, we always see this happen where, like, the two of the guys get in a fight and then they, like, need to go tell Rachel. Like, this happens all the time. Yes, exactly. Um, So Eric confronts the guys in this big scene we keep seeing. He says he's hurt. He's He's hurt by it. Yeah, he's like, don't make this about me. Make it about Rachel. If I fail with Rachel, let it be for me. And the guys are sort of like, well... This is a game. We're going to say stuff. Mm-hmm. Which Eric is true. Says, is Maybe true. I'm a threat to you guys. Never well, the right thing to say. <laughs> Lee says, everyone is a threat to everybody. And Eric makes a really solid point, which is like, I keep hearing from you that I should be less opinionated, talk less, like, mm, listen more. Yeah. And the implication is hard to miss that, like, they think he's, like, getting out of his place, that he's, like, yeah. being a little too... Much and, and Lee's should. only response is it's not about you and Eric's like it is, it is about, about me because you talked about me so yeah. it's about me you chose to bring it up right and this is kind of where the episode ends is with this a cliffhanger fight. in the middle in the middle of this fight, fight. Uh, and we oh, yeah, see we a preview the- no ceremony. we didn't no so we oh, see a preview. God. I have a feeling both Lee and Eric will stick around. Well, Eric has a yeah. rose, but I have a feeling. Well, clearly Lee's going to stick around at least for the next episode, I think. Well, he's still going to be there when we get back. And I don't know if what we saw was more from the rose ceremony. or It was hard to tell. Or not. But it seems like he called someone aggressive. I I got the sense it was either Eric or Kenny Kenny. aggressive. And Kenny appeared to be stirring up shit with Lee, um, understandably. Um, and Will had to, like, take him aside on the balcony and be like, when you call a black man aggressive, yeah, that you are tapping with... into a history of rhetoric that's been used to justify, like, violence against black men. And it's hard to see that that's coming and know the whole time that yeah, Lee has but... no respect for for yeah, like, things that he said. Yeah. I also am like, I'm just praying he goes soon because I'm like, I don't want to see him get any closer to her. Like that is gonna like, and make get, me feel and get crazy. more of a platform. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I don't want I don't want her to see the good in him like at all. Do you know what I mean? Or like come close to him because it's gonna just like break my heart. Something I also noticed from the promo, um, that so in the initial season promo, there was this scene that made it seem like it was maybe addressing her final two or three guys where mm-hmm. she's crying and saying like I know what people are going to say about me yeah. and they're going to judge my decisions and yeah. it did seem like she was maybe speaking to something about right. race, race and her choices yeah. um, but we interpreted that because of where it came in that promo at as being end. at the end maybe it's next they week. showed it for next yeah. week again yeah. um, oh, and wait, so that's right. that's I right. wonder if it's her speaking to either 
keeping Lee around or not keeping Lee around or yeah. trying to intervene in the situation. Uh, yeah. Um, but this is what I mean about, like, you know, ABC can be like, it's not about race. She just happens to be black. But, like, it is. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. like, th- these things are going to come up anyways. And we're seeing them come up next week. And it's like that's why you, like, have to – like, it has to be part of the conversation because it is a part of the conversation. Like, Yeah. They're leave. trying to have it both ways. They're yeah. like, she's not really a black bachelorette. Yeah. She's a great she's bachelorette. Just like, which she is, but she's also black. And that is going to, like – you know, it's just – it's going to end up being a mm-hmm. part of – like, but they're playing it in the worst possible way, yeah, where they're like, right. "Here's how we can introduce race: bring a racist bring on a the racist show. on the show." <laughs> what? I, no, yeah, no, you do not give a racist a platform no. to spew his bullshit. Yeah, make other people look bad, and yeah. then sort of like valorize himself yeah. among yeah. other racists. Completely like instigating like the whole situation with Eric and kind of making him mad and enjoying it and getting pleasure out of it. It's just like it's sick to watch. Ugh, it's terrible. And the so. thing is, like we see. Even from this episode, Eric would have clashed with someone else anyway. Oh yeah, Eric. Right. Like, Eric. Eric has an annoying sure. side, like, and yes. Eric is just like a spiral waiting to happen. Like that yeah. is not a surprise, but like right. the, someone like, who's anxious, their anxiety is always going to come out in some way. Yes, and in this lockbox sure. environment, you would have gotten some kind of conflict. Like you will always yeah. get conflict in this situation. You do not need to put a bigot into the mix exactly. to get that drama. Yeah, yeah, and to like rile it up. And it's, it's like and they someone, started watching on Reels last season, but they didn't finish it because. <laughs> they didn't learn that this can go really badly. Forever. Oh, right. With, like, the thing with the bikini. Yeah. Like, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It was totally that, but it's totally just, like, that. worse. So um, Tiffany Bay tweeted last night at Tiff Bay. Um, she said, I'm familiar with this game. Let's gang up on the black man, get him upset, get him amped up to make him look crazy. Yeah. And I thought that was a really great assessment and exactly why it was so— gross to watch yes and then after he gets him riled up like the thing that was so infuriating is then he steps back and is like oh you're angry oh you're oh you're crazy so it's so manipulative he knew exactly what he was doing and that's why it's like so frustrating to watch is it's like you knew what you were doing and you're enjoying it now and now like eric's upset as he has a right to be and now that has a certain connotation and like that is what is so infuriating and this is playing out again for a predominantly white audience. Yeah. And of course there are people who are watching this with an eye towards media literacy with an eye on mm-hmm. these kind of dynamics. But there's a lot of people watching who also take everything more at, at face, face value, value. Who, are, yeah. who are not watching this to yeah. understandably to pick it apart on a sociological level like we do because right. we're like nerds and like right. to do that. Well, that's um, why I'm excited that Will apparently is stepping up and educating Lee because that I'm like, yes, like this is the conversation that like needs to be had. Well, not not necessarily right. needs to be had. <laughs> yeah. like, it would be better if it just didn't have to be had. But yeah, like the well, fact now that it needs to be had. Right. But like I was glad to see that someone is calling Lee out and attempting to educate him versus just letting him run rampantly. And this is also where I was thinking a lot about Unreal and the fact that, you know, the character of Rachel on Unreal justifies Mm -hmm. so many of her bad decisions and her manipulation of these people on the show. She's like, well, we're going to give the audience like a chance to see, you know, black love or a chance to see, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sexism get shut down or something. Yeah. And so on the one hand, I'm like, it is great to have something you know, that maybe a lot of that white audience wouldn't understand yes. articulated on mainstream TV. Yes. But you are putting a black man in the position to educate yeah. this asshole in front of him and also, you know, and white America who's watching. Unsafe environment. Yeah. Exactly. And it reminds yeah. me of what the showrunners really talked about with season two of Unreal, which is Rachel and Quinn have this 
arrogance to think that they're the right people to to, to that. tell right. that story. And I feel like ABC is like the Bachelorette team for all that they're very good at is not equipped to tell this story. No, and that's the thing like that I thought was so great about that article is it's like just because they're taking this great step doesn't mean they know how to handle it or have the tools. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because like I almost think there should be like – well, I guess maybe this is what Chris Harrison's supposed to do, but like someone who, like a third party who can come in and be like, hey, like that's uncalled for. Yeah, they you should know? replace Chris Harrison with like with a team of Chris Harrison work. and a social worker. Um, <laughs> like, no, that was below the belt, you know? But like, yeah. that's the thing is like, I think because this is the first season or first, yeah, season of its kind, it's like there's going to be, it's maybe what, Rachel was getting so upset about it's like she's like the example and all these people are the first examples and all these people are like you know the first person you know the first black man to get the chance to be like this angry because like there's only been like one in the past you know and she's really walking on a knife's edge and And we just watched before before you arrived this morning we were watching um, a pre-taped segment that Rachel had done with Nightline Mm -hmm. and she you know um, the reporter asks her about, you know, the pressure yeah. of being the first black bachelorette and the pressure to maybe, like, pick, you know, um, another uh, African-American man mm. at the end and, like, how that plays out for her. And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to just make decisions for myself, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't trying to consider all of these responsibilities yeah, and, want, you know, course, course. at the same time. And I think it is it is a lot on her, unfortunately, when she's just the lead of a reality TV it's show. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know. Um, okay, sorry. We've we have talked um, too much as per <laughs> yeah. usual. So we have to wrap it up for this week. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank this you guys really for fun. having me. It's really my pleasure. <laughs> Come back anytime. Thanks. I will. <laughs> sorry, Nick. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. All right. This week had a good assortment of just like across the board standard feminism fails. First, Lucas says Blake is talking dirt about him because Blake has a crush on him, followed by some dumb banana metaphor. This was just like weirdly homophobic and gross and totally unnecessary. We're going to give that a three because obviously he was just trying to be ridiculous, but still. And then uh, Brian says, Will got his sloppy seconds. Look, dude, don't refer to Rachel, the woman who you're ostensibly trying to marry, uh, as sloppy seconds. Don't don't refer to any women as sloppy seconds. We're going to give that one a three. Um, as we know, they were apparently very drunk. <laughs> um, next, the gentlemen try to guess what the date card sometimes what women have to take charge means. And half of them immediately guess that they're going shopping because that's what women do when they're in charge. And then they charge stuff to To your your credit credit card. card. What bitches. We're going to give that a three. They're trying to be silly, but it's just so stereotypical and offensive. And then, of course, we just have a general um, 
intersectional feminism and also humanity fail in Lee. We're going to give his whole person a big whopping five. Hi, guys. We have some news. Yeah. HuffPost is launching a brand new podcast. Yay! It's called IVFML, and it's sort of like a reality show in a way. It's a really emotional but also super hilarious account of what it's like to go through infertility. And we're joined now by one of the hosts, Anna Almandrala, who is a senior editor with HuffPost out in L.A. covering all things health and medicine. Thanks for joining us, Anna. Thanks for having me, Claire and Emma. So, Anna, can you just tell us a little bit about your podcast, IVFML? Okay, IVFML is about one couple's journey through infertility. It's hosted by me and my husband, Simon Gans, who's a TV writer. Uh, when we were 28, we started trying to have a baby because, you know, you've been buried a couple years. What What's next on the horizon, right? Um, it wasn't working out. And when we started going to the doctor to try to find out more, we realized that this could be like a very long process. Turned out that it was a years-long process, and we just started recording little pieces of our experiences, whether it be at the doctor's office or picking out embryos or dealing with other people about what it's like to have infertility or miscarriages. Infertility can be sad, it can be frustrating, but we chose to sort of take a humorous approach to our situation. We took those recordings that we made, and with HuffPost, we came up with this five-episode miniseries on what it's like to be infertile, go through pregnancy loss, and go through IVF. So one interesting thing you cover on the show um, is how we learn about pregnancy prevention during sex ed, but not so much about managing fertility, which turns out to be a different thing. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. In high school, obviously, sex education is very fear-based because you're trying to get children to not have um, unprotected sex and to not get pregnant. But I think something that's lost in that is a more comprehensive understanding of how reproduction works in general. Like, you know, I'm a college-educated woman. I'm a professional woman. When I was 28 and I first started trying to conceive, I realize now that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Everyone sort of just says, you need to relax and have fun. But I didn't know what days of the month I was supposed to be fertile. Uh, I didn't know things like, did you know that your vaginal mucus actually means different things at different times in the month? Like you can get signals from your body by like, you know, like what's in your underwear. Did not know that. I try to ignore my vaginal mucus. <laughs> yes, secretions. Secretions of all sorts. <laughs> I was straight up ignorant and I was basically flying blind for months before my doctor really sat me down and showed me, okay, if your period lands on this date, then you're technically fertile on these dates. So that's when I need you to try. And I was like, oh my God, I am so dumb. You mention in the podcast that you and your husband have endured miscarriages. Can you tell us a little bit about self-care after pregnancy loss? Yeah, I mean, every couple probably has their own different approach to a pregnancy loss if they have to um, experience one. There's obviously sadness. There's grief. Some women might find it easier to compartmentalize it and minimize it. Some some people said to me, you're not going to think about this in a couple of months, in a couple of years. Some people said, this is more just like a late period. You didn't really actually ha lose a baby. Um, when it comes to self-care after pregnancy loss, there's no one thing that'll work for everybody. For me, I realized that taking care of myself after pregnancy loss has meant 
telling people. It meant reaching out for support, which also meant that when I encountered people or family members that didn't feel comfortable talking about it, um, that hurt my feelings. People that I didn't expect in my life to just uh, step away or just drop out of communication for months. Um, so whatever perspective works for you, I suggest that you don't punish yourself or don't try to force yourself into trying to understand things. Absolutely. It sounds really challenging, but I think you summed it up really well. Uh, I, and I think it's important, especially for women during a time when they're struggling with trying to conceive, to remember to take care of themselves and to to not think of every move as a potential mistake and a potential point to blame themselves, um, which is something really important that you talk about in the podcast. Oh, yeah. There's so much opportunity for blame and guilt. Yeah. Uh, we we wanted, uh, lastly, to talk to you about how the stigma of infertility and pregnancy loss tends to fall on women as opposed to men. How did this play out with you in your marriage? Like, what did people say to you? Oh, man. First of all, it's obvious that women are the <laughs> ones that carry the embryo to, and fetus to full term. They're the ones that give birth. They're the ones that, um, you know, nourish the baby throughout the 10 months that you're pregnant. So it's obvious in some senses why people would feel more comfortable approaching a woman with advice or their stories. But it also just became irritating because... The more we learned about our infertility, the more we realized that there was also potentially some issues with sperm, too. I'll just tell you one brief story. I was talking with a distant family friend about what we were going through and um, all the things that had happened to us in our journey. And she just, like, you know, went off in her usual spiel, like, oh, you need to get a massage, you need to relax, you need to pray, you need to like visualize, blah, 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 the egg, blah, blah, you know, like all these things that are like I have some really strong spiritual connection between like my mind and my reproductive organs. But by that point, we had already found out some sperm stuff. So I cut her off and I was like, actually, it might be a sperm thing. And she was just like, oh, and then I was expecting her to start saying the same things like, well, Simon needs to just blah, 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 blah. But she didn't say anything. So it's like, if it's my issue, I have supposedly so much mental control. But if it's Simon's issue, it's like, oh, well, there's nothing that can be done for that. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I guess I've never heard um, of people telling men to relax or, or the stress will make their sperm wonky. Yeah, even <laughs> though there is research no. about how stress can affect male fertility, but that's a different digression. The point is, <laughs> is that women get the brunt of these pieces of advice or the blame and men are just like amazing like strong swimmers who just really need a fertile garden to plant in yeah. I feel like everything you're saying like everything these days is just making me think of the handmaid's tale oh right in the handmaid's tale you're not even allowed to say that a man might be sterile right exactly yes yeah women, women again are you know it's kind of a um an exaggeration of of real life, I guess. <laughs> a horrifying yeah. exaggeration. It's something you play up really amusingly in the podcast, too, that just like how much masculinity is wrapped up in a guy believing that his sperm is really strong and like determined. Um, and I feel like that association is almost even stronger than what we have with women and fertility because we talk so much about women being infertile and it's just assumed that men who are masculine are just going to be able to get people pregnant. 
Simon will be the person to tell you that when his test results for his sperm first started coming back strong, he felt personally amazing. He felt like he was flying. <laughs> but then when it sort of came back that maybe there was a problem, it crashed. He crashed so yeah. hard. Yeah. Well, Anna, thanks so much for jumping on to tell us all about IVFML. We're so excited for everyone to hear it. Yes. And here to my friends, listeners. It's dropping tomorrow. That's IVFML. All five episodes will be released at once so you can binge away. Go subscribe now. Look for IVFML on Apple Podcasts and all the places you can find podcasts. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Bella Lavelle. And if you haven't checked out Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you really should. It's fantastic. And our producer, Nick Offenberg. Also, please remember to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes to subscribe and give us a rating. It helps other people find and fall in love with our amazing podcast. We're also on Facebook, so please like us. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at here to make friends at HuffingtonPost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to recap what looks like a very dramatic week four of The Bachelorette. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.